Welcome to New World Women and this is Tea and Talk. These conversations happened during lockdown. They were conversations that happened within a private group on Facebook and I'm so honoured and grateful to these women for allowing me now to share these to a wider audience. So we're going to start with the beautiful Sophie. Sophie is a member of the New World Women team now and I'm so grateful to her for being part of this journey. Sophie is a registered therapist, a creative storyteller and international author. Her approach is gentle, intuitive and holistic. She loves to bring a little creativity and soul into her therapy sessions, which can include writing, art, visualisations and movement. She's passionate about supporting both children and adults to cultivate lives filled with more peace, joy, self-compassion and freedom. So without further ado, I'm going to let us go into the conversation where Sophie and I talk about her journey into womanhood. Thank you for coming and chatting to me today. Um, and I know you've been really busy lately, so I really appreciate you taking the time. So hopefully it might be some good time for you as well to just chill and have a chat and, you know, like take some time to reflect. Yeah, that's what I thought. I've got my tea and I thought, yeah, now we'll just have a, a chit chat with you. It'd be quite nice, actually, just to kind of settle and yeah. Yeah, so if you can just share kind of um, a little bit about, you know, yourself and what you do. Um, I, I know that you're, you do uh, children's therapy. I don't know how long have you been doing that for? So I started sort of officially working. I finished my training maybe two years ago now, but it was quite a long period of training and working on placements and stuff before that. So I'm still relatively newly qualified, but yeah. And um, is that um, is that what you do main, like is your main job now? So you do yes. the children therapies and then you've also been writing stories for children. So this is yes. just to let people know where you are now. Yeah. What you're doing in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm a, a play therapist primarily. So I work with like little children in primary school age. Um, and it's kind of like counselling, but instead of sitting and talking through any problems or issues, we play them out. And kids naturally, that's how they express themselves. That's how they process things. So I traipse around loads of schools with a huge bag of toys and puppets and arts and crafts and sand and all sorts. And um, use that as a way to help children to sort of process and express themselves and, and work through difficult things. So that's what I do primarily. I'm also now working with older children and teenagers as well, doing more kind of talking therapies, but I'm still more creative in how I work just because that's how I like to work. (laughs) (laughs) So, right, okay. So if we go back to the beginning now then, so um, so we can get to know you a little bit more. So um, if you can tell us a little bit about, you know, like how you grew up and like your upbringing and maybe like how that impacted on like who it made you today a little bit yeah um so I I don't know where to start when I grew up um I was always like in terms of my writing when I was little I loved writing stories and I'd write poems and write stories like I'd literally stay in at break times as a child like wouldn't want to go out to play I'd want to stay in and like write (laughs) um just yeah I loved it and I was definitely always like the helper in my little friendship group always wanted you know someone falls and cuts their knee I was the first one there wanted to like you know 
look after everybody um yeah and then growing up I for ages I thought I wanted to be a vet and then I realized I just wanted lots of pets (laughs) um and I went into um psychology at uni um and it all just sort of yeah flowed from there really so what made you want to do psychology so lots of things I think it was naturally like in my nature like I said I wanted to help people and I love talking to people I love helping people figure out how they were feeling I loved talking about feelings um exploring why people think the way they do why they behave the way they do and yeah helping people so that's like you know that's that's the classic cliche answer like you know I want to help people but you know I had my own real struggles as a teenager with my mental health and that I think the support that I got that helped me to move forward from that really inspired me to to think you know I could do that for other people and then I had that personal experience that I was like you know you can never step into someone else's shoes entirely but when you've had your own things that you've had to work through it it can help you to to put yourself in other people's positions and to to yeah be a be someone who can walk someone else through that part of their lives that makes Mm -hmm. sense so yeah that yeah complete sense and I think a lot of the time it's just holding space for someone isn't it to allow them to have that process because everyone's so busy all of the time and it's not not like blame on anyone or you know like because yeah. everyone's in the same boat but often with friends it's like you can only take it so far or you know like whereas when you have that dedicated time to that situation and it's yeah sort of into that context I think it's just kind of like invaluable definitely well that was my experience I always look back um I spoke about this a few times to different people that you know I saw several different like counsellors and therapists and things as a teenager and like I said everyone had their role in helping me along the way but there's one thing that really sticks out for me it's literally like a snapshot of a moment but it was one person who you know I'd gone to see it was my first time meeting them I'd sort of had to re-go over everything that had been going on for me and how I was feeling what was happening and so I just kind of got to the end of my little monologue about what was going on and not I was kind of expecting people sort of jump into right okay this is the plan this is the support this is what we're going to do like analyzing or whatever and um I was kind of waiting for that bracing myself and she just looked at me and she was like wow she and she said that sounds like a complete head f-u-c-k and I was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it is that's how I feel and she just sat with it with me and just said it how it was and and swore and was real and I was like yeah that and that was really that moment was really healing for me because she wasn't asking me to change anything or do anything or whatever we just sat with it and was like yeah this sucks this is hard Mm -hmm. um and yeah that that just holding space for that something that a lot of people find really difficult um but I think if you're able to do it it's a real gift to give other people Mm. I think as well when you love someone it's hard to witness them in pain so you do want to help or fix it don't you so it's kind of that thing of I guess going to see a counsellor or therapist it's Mm. like they're not obviously they're invested in the process but they're not necessarily invested in kind of you feeling okay because Mm. it's not painful for them almost in a way because they don't you know it's it's just a different obviously there's that removal there in some way and I think I think what it is for therapists 
you know speaking as one myself there's we know that we're not responsible for that person Mm. I feel it sometimes in some ways but there's you have to separate it and be like this is their journey this is their healing and I can do what I can do and I can introduce different ideas or tools or I can help reflect on certain things or I can facilitate something but it's not up to me whether this changes or not yeah so that that sort of heavy responsibility isn't there in the same way that I think it is when we really love somebody and it's someone close to us that there's that real desire to be like right I need to fix this I need to help yeah exactly it's like your responsibility is the holding of the space and the process and it's yeah exactly. when you're in that relationship kind of scenario it's like and it's almost like the outcome affects that person definitely so definitely a lot more kind of invested in having a, a positive outcome of mm. that. So, yeah yeah so I think it's 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 kind of a stigma in England or it has been anyway isn't it mm. uh, counseling and therapy but I definitely over the years it's helped me and you know it's in America, everyone kind of has a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I say that all the time. I say, you know, a lot of my friends have had counselling and therapy. A lot of people I speak to have. But I say I think everyone should at some point. And, you know, I I have my own counselling now as part of a course that I'm doing. But I think I'm going to continue with it because it's just, you know, in the same way that we tend hopefully to our physical health and our spiritual health. And this is another part that actually... I think it's really helpful if you can find somebody that you connect with and that um that yeah that you, you connect with and that you feel safe enough to share things with and things like that I think it's an absolutely amazing I'm biased but I think it's an amazing tool <laughs> yeah. do you have talking therapy then or do you have play creative like is there can, is there opportunities for adults to have like creative therapy yeah definitely and that's the thing I think I think part of the problem is that a lot of people, um, you know, they're struggling with their mental health. They go to their GP and they're sort of signposted, put on a waiting list that's normally very long to go and have CBT. And CBT isn't right for everybody. It can be an amazing tool, but it isn't right for everybody. And they're sort of, you know, they're just given to this person. They don't, they didn't get to choose them. They normally have like a short amount of sessions. And for a lot of people, it just doesn't, doesn't work if you don't click with that person if you don't click with the style of of the therapy it's not going to work and I think then a lot of people can think oh it didn't work for me you know it's rubbish I'm not interested I'm not going to go back and I feel like that's a shame but um yeah so the therapist I'm seeing now it is mostly talking therapy she's quite spiritual and creative and um yeah you can definitely there's avenues to look at different creative therapies for adults art therapy movement therapy all sorts of different things but the problem at the moment is all of that generally isn't funded by the NHS or things like it's things that you have to go and seek out privately and obviously lots of people aren't in a position financially to be able to do that Mm. so yeah it's tricky yeah, and I think especially for women as well, obviously this is done through New World Women, so I think the creative aspect of it is, I don't know, not every woman, you know, is going to resonate mm. with that and probably may rather talk in therapy, but I know for me, like, dance has been a massive tool in letting mm. flow and release and working through that emotion in my body. 
definitely so, yeah it's just an incredible tool so it'd be nice to have more accessibility to that you know I think it's really important and I think yeah you're right like what you're talking about there like moving things through your body like we store a lot of our trauma is stored in our body it's not in our minds it's not cognitive we can't necessarily always put words to our experiences and our emotions and that's why I love creative therapies because it gets down into your subconscious more and it you can sometimes come out with things that you wouldn't have just been able to verbally share or recognize sometimes it's not until you're dancing or you're creating some piece of art or you're you're making something or you're expressing something creatively that things sort of fall into place and make sense for you or that um yeah something's sort of uncovered that that you didn't necessarily know was there consciously mm. and that's yeah, why I was reading the book last week weirdly actually speaking to you it's not weird because of how the universe works I should get used to it by now but <laughs> 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 um because it's like psychotherapy because obviously I did choreography and dance and movement mm-hmm. and I've noticed my own use of movement and it's a book someone gave me years ago but when I was doing the Vipassana I read it during the Vipassana and it was psychotherapy dance um Mm -hmm. but in it it talked about I think it was um Carl did you say Jung or Young? Young. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you want. (laughs) I'm gonna call him Jung. Yeah do it. Um, and just his use of, I think it was him anyway, it could have been, because there was quite a few different therapists that she chose to kind of highlight, and his use of play and imagination, was it him or was it someone else? I don't know if you know. Very relevant, yeah. Um, And he basically, he really found a way to deep release through, he basically started building, I think it was like a fort or something that he'd been building as a child, and he was working in his imagination and they were saying the use of imagination and then using that as a tool to like unveil trauma or whatever. But it's like, when I was reading it, I was just laughing to myself because it is so true even now. And that was so many years ago. Like if we saw some, like why not offer play therapy to adults? Do you know what I mean? Like as in that was how he unlocked that trauma was literally through playing and going back into that childhood innocence and what he got from that was this incredible download of you know drawing you know like what you I think you've said it to me before like is in through using play you use your imagination to place your scenario into that play environment and it gives you different yeah. perspectives so that's what it gave him and then he had this massive download and understanding of something that happened to him when he was a child but he was like I never would have got there if it hadn't have been for using imagination and play yeah definitely yeah it's super powerful and I think it's like you said I know of people who use play therapy type things with with adults and it makes so much sense because a lot of our wounds a lot of our traumas are from our childhood and the things that we didn't get or that we you know experiences we had that we never should have had things like that that get stored in our psyches as a child so it's it's really hard to access as an adult um consciously using our you know our brain in the way that we use it as an adult and so yeah going back and healing that wound you need to heal that child and I think to heal that child it's going back and and using our creativity and tapping into that is a really yeah really powerful way to do it yeah yeah all right I've gone off on the tangent I'm like oh so interesting (laughs) Um, but let's get back to safety. So, 
Um, so how did you first then, like, where was your real kind of passion for working with children? So I worked initially, when I finished my studies, like doing psychology, I worked with, um, I worked in different roles in mental health, normally with adults. And I did a few different roles. I then started working with families and it was normally families with teenagers that I was working with supporting, supporting them. And there was one family that I worked with who had two young children. And I realized every week that the absolute highlight of my week was when I had a session booked in to go and see these children at school and just spend some time playing and chatting with them. And every week, I'm sure it was a Thursday, seems to seems to like ring a bell but I was just so excited about that day and I loved it and I I just realized that I noticed that and I was like I wish I could just do this all the time and the other stuff I didn't enjoy in the same way so much and so I started thinking how can I make this be more of my life like how can I work with children in this way and that's what eventually led me to to finding play therapy as a way to to work with young children on their level um and yeah then I started my training and haven't looked back <laughs> so um on along your journey has there been people that have like really inspired you I mean there's there's loads yeah my I was really lucky on my actually my, my course my training cohort there was a group of is it there about 12 of us uh, who were still like in close contact now um, and we were so lucky to have this this group of women who just the whole way through because it was really intense training there's a lot of personal work that you do it's like being in group therapy sometimes um, but we were all just so supportive and real like cheerleaders for each other yeah. and that's continued and I think you know talk about new world women like that experience for me was so beautiful and so special because I think there's so much of it out there women sort of being competitive with one another and they're being we're sort of pitted against each other a lot and and can be quite um sort of cautious sometimes around other women mm. and this group was just so far from that and you know we'd all come from different backgrounds all different ages but everyone just yeah really brought their own life experiences and their own perspectives but was just so supportive of one another so they inspired me from the beginning um but yeah I think made the difference because you were yeah I won't give you the answers I'm like oh because of (laughs) (laughs) why do you think that group was so supportive say compared to like another group or I really don't know I think maybe it was just one of those things that was meant to be that you know we were all called to be there at the same time to go through this experience um do you think it's the kind of like the, for me, I, I don't know whether it could be like the vulnerability because you're in that space where you're sharing like those deep truths. Yeah. Kind of, I find a lot of time in sharing circles, like the ego does just drop because mm. it's like you're sharing your most vulnerable, like you're in a space of truth basically. Yeah. So there's no almost space for like that pretense of ego if yeah. you're choosing to be in truth. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're completely right there. And there were, you know there were a lot of tears and a lot of sharing and a lot of a lot of deep work and I think I think maybe the difference was yet yeah, that we all kind of committed to that um yeah. and we all yeah we all were vulnerable and the more vulnerable we were each week that we met 
for each weekend that we met, the more we allowed each other to go deeper into that. Um, and I think because we all did it, it became very safe. I think sometimes, you know, that you could have those kind of groups where similar things are happening, but if there's a few people who are more cautious and guarded and, and not able to be so vulnerable, it can kind of halt that process a little bit or make some people hold back a little bit more. But yeah, I think you're right. And there was, it's the Brené Brown stuff. I don't know if you know Brené Brown. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, that, that, it's that. Yeah, she's like, she inspires me massively but yeah so that stuff around there's no real connection without vulnerability and I think we all modeled that for each other we all held space for each other um so yeah really sort of powerful bonds came through through doing that really wholeheartedly as Brene would say yeah. <laughs> and what's your journey been with I mean I think it's quite like isn't you obviously work in quite a feminine kind of feminine energy way mm. But what's been your journey with like your going into that like, womanhood and do you has there been an exploration there and is that something that, that are you aware that that's been brought into your work or has it just kind of been an unfolding yeah no massively and this is like looking back at my play therapy weekends is actually a really really interesting thing because there was one one sort of module we did around movement and um and I remember that weekend thinking, well, I've got some stuff to shift here because it brought up all sorts of horrible stuff for me that I think, you know, as a teenager and growing up into my 20s, I really struggled to be present in my own body mm. and my body and to, yeah, to be embodied as a woman. I found that really, that was a challenge for me. And this, this piece of, of work through the play therapy really brought it to the surface. I knew it was I thought I dealt with a lot of it I knew it was there kind of bubbling but I just kind of pushed it away and was like I'm mostly fine this will, I have oh, therapy. Oh. yeah I was like I'm good like I don't I don't need to talk to anyone about this I don't need to deal with this like um I'm at a level now that this this will do like I'm not going to delve much more because like I'm done <laughs> but <laughs> we can't hide from stuff forever and it, it finds ways to be brought up and yeah this weekend really showed me wow that stuff is very powerful and present and deep and needs looking at and it mm. I think because I then realized you know I'm going to be working with children I need to be you know we're, we're never going to be fully healed it's a journey whatever I, was, I need to to commit to working on myself and healing the things within me so that I can show up fully for these kids um so yeah in the movement part I really struggled I had lots of anxiety around it lots of you know I was very tense I didn't want to move my body I didn't want to express myself physically and that was really really hard so in the years since then it's unfolded doing different kind of more body psychotherapy type stuff lots and lots of mindfulness lots of yoga um I found that working with chakras working with my sacral chakra um has been super powerful in helping me shift some of this stuff dancing um just just at practicing being in my body and getting to know it and and it's been yeah a huge shift for me and sort of growing into what being a woman is and and for me it is about being embodied and embracing our femininity um in that way and it was something that I've been cut off from for a really long time and, and didn't really know because I think I'd never experienced it and now that I'm living in this way I really appreciate it as well because I'm like oh this is 
this is what I was missing. This is what it feels like to be a woman, to be in a body, to be able to enjoy just being alive and moving through the world in a physical form. So, yeah, that's been a real journey for me. It's ongoing, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know if that made sense. Oh, it makes complete sense. That's really yeah. cool, Sophie. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's something that I've def- I can completely relate. And just to for anybody out there as well that kind of wants more on that, I think um, there's a lady I've mentioned her a few times because I did a precess apprenticeship with her. So she's called Jocelyn Dehar, and she's amazing. And mm-hmm. she went on a massive journey through um, kind of being in the space of because I think as well as women. And I think as well, if you've had any scenarios in a younger time in your life where it's been traumatic, I think we have a tendency to hop out and mm. not want to be on earth, if yeah. you like, not want to be in the body. So it's kind of like, but then you like you say, you're missing out on that sacred kind of like feminine experience of being embodied. Mm. And that's something that she really teaches is the, I guess the principle is like the masculine divine energy of, you know like that kind of we are one in combining mm. with the feminine body embodiment mother nature of being in the physical and I think when you can combine those two mm. it's just like incredibly magical um mm. and I think that's something I feel quite passionately about with like new world women is creating that balance of like not one or the other it's kind mm. of like you know like you say like that mindfulness and connection but then also the physicality and not not like pushing one aside yeah definitely <laughs> okay i've got some questions oh, okay <laughs> so, uh, let me just check so what's kind of really driven your journey and have you had any points where it's felt because i know with your work as well it must feel quite a lot has there been points where it's felt too much and like i don't want to carry on anymore and what's been your driving force to like keep you going i think i've never got to the point where i'm like i don't want to do this anymore i've definitely got to the point lots of times where i felt like this is too much um that um it's been a real learning experience for me about self-care and about the whole not pouring from an empty cup thing and I see a lot of never mind therapists but a lot of humans in general and especially women and especially women who are therapists Mm. (laughs) but really giving and giving and giving and giving and taking on more and more and more and and looking after everybody else but not themselves and then getting to the point of burnout and we talk about compassion fatigue and stuff in therapy because they've just taken on too much and they haven't looked after themselves and there's only so long you can do that before before your body and your mind start to protest and say this is enough we need to rest um so I've been really aware of that and I think what's helped me with that is I'm really careful about well I've been learning this but now I think I'm I'm quite careful and quite good at creating boundaries for myself and in my work and in my time and the amount of kids that I'll see making sure that I've got time between my sessions making sure that I spend a lot of time on self-care and checking in with myself having my own therapy all that kind of stuff and I think that kind of allows me to still enjoy what I do yeah to to feel that I can do a good job um yeah I feel like that's really important 
So exactly, because if you go into burnout, you can't really like help anybody, and you exactly. did the job because you loved it, but it's just yeah. carrying that balance, isn't it? So that you yeah. can continue to love it, and it kind of, and at the end of the day, it should like serve you and others. It's not that thing, and it shouldn't be that thing anymore where you have to like self sacrifice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely. Kind of old way of thinking that yeah. you know, you're here to just serve, you know, yeah. that bit that's missing out of the. I don't know, this is kind of like the old time lineage that's been missing, mm. and, you know, like, I guess God or whatever you want to call it, universal love or energy kind of, you know, you, you can't truly be that united if you're not serving yourself as well as other people, because it's, Definitely. It, we are, if we are all one, then, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard, a, I heard a, quote the other way the other day something and I can't remember where it was from but someone said something like there's no such thing as one way liberation that when we liberate ourselves we automatically liberate the people around us and mm -hmm. I think that's so true yeah I love that giving me goosebumps yeah when I heard it I was like oh yes yes and I think it's that that you know I'm I'm out there theoretically teaching other people how to feel better how to look after themselves how to cope with their emotions and their experiences and I can't do that if I'm not modeling that and if I'm not living that and being authentic in that if that makes sense that there's healing in me just living it and and showing other people that you know showing that there is another way mm. um yeah yeah, definitely. That's been a massive thing this week for me is figuring out, especially after the Vipassana and giving myself so much time. And it wasn't even that much time, it was just four days, but how to keep that connection still in my everyday work. Because I think there's, you know, I think there's quite a lot of, well, this is like my perspective, and but, you know, like people that kind of, I guess, are teaching these sacred lineages and whatever it is but then at the same time they're not necessarily integrating it into their lives because right. they're so busy building a business that they're mm. not doing the work and yeah. taking that time and I really am conscious not to do that and kind of because I can get so ingrained in my work like yeah. in, just be on that for a whole day just like, yeah. and I'm like yeah. no like I really want to have that you know like um what you were saying about finding that you know like the gift that we have to share and like creating this new world should be about creating a new way and not mm -hmm. necessarily just falling in line with what the old way is of like yeah. you know like working all the time and and obviously to create something beautiful we need to put energy into it but what's that right balance of you know finding that connection with mother earth and then also sharing with the world you know like, yeah. like you're saying like self-love and taking that time mm. for you so that then you can give to others definitely yeah that's definitely I've been floating in and out of that balance um yeah throughout the past few weeks most definitely and and like, like you said trying to trying to find that that balance between you know I've, I've got a message I've got something that I want to share and, and using that masculine energy to to work to get it out there to um to graft you know and that there's a lot of of beauty and magic in that and it, it's necessary sometimes but then to balance that with that feminine creative you know more inward 
energy that is also really needed and how to how to dance between those two is definitely yeah. that's an ongoing, yeah. ongoing discovery for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think um, um, someone said on, again, Jocelyn Dehar is doing, this is probably why she's coming up because I've done the call. I didn't watch yeah. the call today. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, basically, as an alumni from doing the Precess Apprenticeship course, you can then access um, their like forward new moon chairs. So it's really lovely it's really beautiful so I've just been watching that this morning which is why she's probably coming up a lot but she said something on the call about um you know like and this I think is just relevant for you at this time which is why I'm bringing it up in the sense of um that feeling of being successful and I think like as in in the past I have kind of felt a bit rubbish for not having you know like x amount of followers on Facebook or Instagram whatever it is you know and all, what does success look like mm. and she was saying that she used to um feel like that and then um also from that then it's basing your success on what makes you feel happy and mm. I thought oh what a beautiful way of like looking at it and for me that gave me like an understanding of yeah that's true like as in you know like when you're feeling happy that's when you're successful not on what you know like I've been talking to a few people this week as well about the because, you know, like the pressure of Facebook as well, like when you get on your phone and then it's like, oh, you've got these people that haven't heard from you in two days. Like, yeah. you're, a, you're a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> and social media yeah. is so challenging. Mm. So with your journey, I know recently, obviously, you were saying about your stories, your children's stories, um, and recently you've had one of them kind of like blow up. So this is why I'm bringing this up, so it just makes sense. Our interview. So, if you want to just share a little bit about that and what's happened um, recently for you, and then we could have yeah. a chat about maybe how that pressure's felt and how you've dealt with that. Yeah, yeah. No, what you're saying then like resonates massively for me because, like you said, I wrote um, when was it last month now uh, when we found out schools were going to be closing. I wanted I write stories, therapeutic stories for kids, just to explain to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so it's another way of using like my creativity um to help kids process things that would be probably sometimes too challenging to talk about directly so rather than um you know directly going in and saying oh I heard this happened and how do you feel about it and da -da -da -da, I create a story with characters that they can relate to and then we can talk about the story and the characters in the story rather than about them which sometimes that that separation mm -hmm. can make it much easier to to have those conversations that would otherwise be quite difficult so that's something I've been doing for a long time um well actually not for a long time since I started my training really but um so yeah when I found out that schools were closing I wanted to write a story to try and and help the children especially the children I was working with something I could send to them send to their parents um to try and help explain to try and help them feel a bit better about what was going on and so I sat down one evening and just wrote this story and I really feel like it came through me I wrote it really quickly um and normally I take a lot more time when I'm writing something and yeah different ideas came to me um but yeah I just sat a couple of hours later I had this story out there and I really like I wanted to get it edited normally I'd take a bit of time go back to it days later but I was like no I just need to get it out there people need to read this it's important and so I posted it 
on my Facebook page and had no idea that it was going to get so much traction. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of blew up. It's been shared a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, now there's a, someone's illustrated it and there's an ebook. Um, it's been translated into like, I think nearly 20 languages now. Wow. Like, been crazy and I was not prepared <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, talk about social media you know I was sort of you know vaguely on Facebook sometimes especially for the stories but not really active on anything I had an Instagram account that I never really used and suddenly I was like oh wow this is people are, are really benefiting from this people really want this and I was like I need to to get it out there mm. so suddenly I have like a Twitter which I'd never understood or used before and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these things and it it's yeah I definitely find myself getting swept up in it it's quite hard to yeah it's been a a whirlwind of a time and obviously it, it's not just that it's this whole time has been a whirlwind and lockdown and you know I've moved house um I'm living with my parents right now and it's all like there's just been a lot going on so it's been a crazy time. <laughs> um, well done, by the way. It's amazing. Um, and we'll post where you can find it underneath in the comments if anybody, especially if you've got children and you just yeah. want to read it because it is such a beautiful, and like you say, it's so easy. It's so much easier for them to relate then and they can understand. Yeah. Um, so have you been, have you been aware of kind of like balancing your time and kind of, or is it kind of just been like, obviously you really as well want to take opportunities when they arrive yeah. and it's such an incredible opportunity and to have so how have you been you know to kind of, or is it just kind of been like a woo <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah the first the first few days or week or something I was just completely swept up in it and I think part of me because of the stress of what was going on in the world I yeah. think part of me was like actually do you know what I can just sort of just focus on this and and not have to think about anything else and that was really useful for me for a little while just to survive that initial period of time that would have otherwise been really overwhelming I think for me um and it was so positive like it was something so exciting and positive I had all these comments and messages from really grateful people and from all, all these stories from people saying how it had helped them and so that huge influx of positivity was just amazing for me but yeah, I was very much swept up in this crazy storm of replying to messages and putting posts on social media mm -hmm. and talking to different like newspapers and things had done articles on it and getting translations done and setting up my website. So it was just constant and I was working um, a lot, <laughs> but it, I was on adrenaline yeah. and that for a while. Um, but yeah, then I got to a point where I was like, this isn't sustainable or healthy um and I definitely found myself as well like you said that that comparison stuff with social media and that that push to be like oh you know I'm, I don't have enough followers or there's not been enough shares or it's not um yeah that that sort of started seeping in 
Mm. And I really had to check myself. To kind of get to the point where you start to base your, um, I don't know, I have this experience in the past where it's almost like you base your, whether I'm doing well on whether you get that like or whether I'm, yeah. 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 And that, that I completely was having that experience and basing your worth on that and being like, taking self-esteem from the fact that people like it or not or have shared it or haven't or and I realized that my mood was fluctuating based on how well some of these things were performing and I was like this is so far from where I started because that energy that initially created that story and I think created then the momentum that pushed it into people's hands and helped those kids was pure just love and the desire the desire to help people and that's all it was like there was no ulterior motive at all when I when I did it and I think that's what what carried it because then when there came in those other motives and I started thinking you know maybe I can get on this news channel maybe I can do this thing or maybe I'll get a publishing deal or maybe this maybe that maybe all this stuff and it suddenly became it started to feel a bit icky and a bit like it wasn't because it wasn't the right energy mm. and and then when when things weren't happening I was getting frustrated and I was like this isn't I need to take a step away from this and go back to where it came from um so yeah there's been and that's sort of been ups and downs over the past few weeks with more things that have been coming out and that I've been sharing and creating because I've written a few more stories since then but again in order to do that I've had to take myself away turn off all my technology go out into the woods take my notepad and pen and like go back to to this and go back to yeah just stripping away all the rest of it and and that's where that's where the magic happens you know like Mm. I think yeah I think that's such a great I don't know just your journey is such a great kind of learning lesson really in the sense Mm. like and being aware of those energies and Mm. and it's not bad to have like success and it's not bad to kind of like I mean I you know like I could you know like if you wrote up some books that got public I mean that would be an incredibly beautiful thing but I think when it's coming like you say from that space of heart and love and sharing your wisdom rather than that space of oh this is what I need and kind of clinging on it's kind of like different energy isn't it 100% not you know because in new world women is all about empowering women to live like the truth of who they are so it's kind mm. of like and that's not saying that yeah like success is bad but it's just that thing of like you say it's that the intention and where the energy is coming from because at the end yeah. of the day that kind of clinging on is stressful in our bodies it's not a nice yeah. thing to come from whereas when it's flowing and it's coming from the heart and you and it, it unfolds that way then it mm. feels really good yeah and other people feel that as well and I think that's exactly it that there was there were times there have been times where I've had that stressed energy that clinging energy that like I want this I want that I want it to look like this I want this to happen and that I think even across the screens like even online you can feel that based on how people are writing you feel that energy and that's going to then cause other people to sort of feel that stress or that tension or that like oh no that doesn't sit right Mm. And I've seen that unfold for myself and I've seen the difference when I'm just like, this feels right to share. This feels important. This feels authentic. Um, And I see the difference when I do that. And that's been really, yeah, really important learning. 
And what would you love to share through your stories? Like what would be like your ideal, like heartfelt, like outcome, I guess? In your wildest dreams, where would you like it all to go? It's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, gosh, I don't know. I would, I think, yeah, in my wildest dreams, and they're feeling less and less wild, which is really exciting. Yeah. But um that's yeah. good. That's a good point there, Sophie. That's yeah. like a, you know, like a it shouldn't be a wildest dream. Yeah, we live like, in the world now, and that's something that I really want to have through New World Women is that we can create anything that we kind of you know, and especially if it's in alignment, then yeah. anything is possible. So thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my my dream is to be able to continue to do this in whatever way that is. And to reach as many children as possible so to me I think that is going to look like getting some kind of publishing deal some I don't know how it even works but <laughs> so that I can continue to let this stuff come through me that I can write these stories and that someone else can deal with all the the stuff that actually isn't really me I'm not naturally like into marketing and selling and you know I'm not an illustrator I don't have that skill set my skill set is in creating these metaphors and these stories and using my words to help kids um so yeah my dream is that I can just do that and just freely do that and put it out there and let someone else take the responsibility of sharing it with the world so I can just be my authentic self and do what I love and what is my gift to share I think and have someone else take on the responsibility and use their gifts to do what they're good at in terms of getting it to the children who need to read it mm. um, yeah it feels really beautiful mm. and what would you what kind of what message I guess is your have you got like a burning message that you'd want to pass on you don't have to have one by the way it's just <laughs> wandering um, I think a big one for I mean I, I've got lots I think that's the thing I think I write lots of different stories and it's it's whatever they need to hear and every child needs to hear something different but I think all children need to hear that they're loved that they're special that they're important that they're capable um and that a big message for me and what I try and teach all the kids is that like feelings are okay like every feeling is okay it's so okay to be angry to be furious to be anxious to be scared to to be sad like we like we were talking about earlier we so often try and fix these feelings and push our kids especially away from what they're feeling and not sit with it because it's horrible to see a child in pain but yeah that's the big thing for me is teaching children that our feelings are okay and they're there for a reason and they're not dangerous and they will come and they will go and we can we can manage them and we can support ourselves we can find ways to cope but yeah feelings Feelings are just feelings and there's nothing good or bad about that. Um, yeah, that's a big message, I think. I think so. I think it's really important, definitely. Like, it's so beautiful. And I think like it's so, and especially with some of the teachings, especially in the spiritual world, like even I got caught, like I was reading a book even like last week and in it, again, it was the same message of like, you shouldn't feel angry, anger's bad, like, as in, and I think it's that thing, isn't it, of like, 
um, of like subscribing to the feeling in a way. I don't know how you'd call you'd what you'd call it, but like is in to feel anger is okay, but then to put that anger onto other people. Yeah. Drawing. So it's kind yeah. of like making sure that that you know like is there where we can feel it, but having healthy processes for you know yeah. dealing with our emotions. I think it's it's a distinction between an emotion and a behaviour, and I think for us the problem is we often that distinction isn't made properly or we don't recognize it fully because there's the state of like being angry which is one thing and then there's an action of you know hitting somebody or throwing something or whatever but they're two really different things and one doesn't necessarily mean the other mm. and yeah it's like you said that that being angry is totally okay and there's you know anger can be really powerful and important and help us see the things that are unjust in the world and that you know it can be a really powerful motivating driving force for good or for recognizing bad and wanting to change it um it's just what we do with it and that's the that's the important distinction yeah definitely definitely 100 percent. and i just think it can be a little bit otherwise you're just repressing it and you're not seeing it so yeah yeah i mean it will just unfold in your life in other ways like yeah bubble over so yeah. it's quite a destructive emotions repressed can be quite destructive really yeah in my experience definitely in mine too I think in everyone's because we, we pile there's another thing like don't feel bad for feeling bad I think that's what we do a lot you know we're feeling upset <laughs> we're feeling anxious we're feeling angry and then we're not just feeling that we're also feeling angry or disappointed or upset with ourselves for feeling it so then we're just piling crap emotions on top of horrible emotions and then we're feeling worse and the feeling lasts longer which then adds to this experience that these feelings are awful and unbearable and we don't want them um whereas if you let that feeling come and you're just like oh okay I'm feeling this and try and be non-judgmental about it suddenly it becomes more manageable and I think it passes through us quicker um but it's a practice for sure <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I think it's allowing space. I think if people, yeah, I had a, something happen like the other week where I was having a couple of days of just, I don't know, and it wasn't like I felt bad for feeling bad, but that's what I got from, you know, like I was saying, like I was meant to connect with someone and then something else, I was having a conversation with someone else and they were like, oh, I'm sorry, you're, like I'll speak to you when you're feeling better. And it was like, I'm not like, I'm not in a place where it's like I'm feeling bad and it's a bad thing it's just that at the minute I'm going in and I don't do you know what I mean it's almost like it was almost like I was being treated and this is no you know like no fault or whatever it's just it was just an interesting thing to see unfold in that day it happened with a couple of people and it was just almost I was being treated as if I was yeah like ill or poorly mm. because I was feeling like but it wasn't, I wasn't feeling that. I was quite happy to be in that and hold that. Yeah. So it was really yeah. interesting that that's, and I was thinking that must be how people feel, well, it is, it's how people feel within society and obviously why we have some of the issues that we do because people don't feel the space to, you know, even if you are more like consciously aware, it's almost like there is still that pressure to, yeah, like feel good all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, it's like, oh, like as in well hopefully you'll feel better soon we rush it on don't we yeah like please like get well or whatever it is mm. and it's like rather than being like oh thank you for like, honoring yourself and taking the time mm. for doing that that's an amazing thing and 
yeah, like on the, do, you, do you get what I mean? I 100%. And I had a really strong image that came to me then of linking it back to childhood and to children's emotions and things like that, because that really echoes what we do to children a lot of the time, that when yep. children are not feeling okay, when kids are struggling with their big feelings and they're angry or they're anxious or they've, you know, and they express it through their, through their behavior. They might, you know, talk back, they might throw something, they might, you know, disobey in some other way um and what we've all been taught to do as a society is to put a child in time out but that message really when you break it down when you calm down and you're feeling better exactly is your feelings aren't okay go and be by yourself and fix it and sort it out and you can come back and you can be back with us when you're feeling happy and and okay and obviously this is this is a big debate you know I'm not saying that it's wrong or right or whatever but, <laughs> we, in- <laughs> yeah, but we, we analyze these messages and as children if that's the message we get is that our feelings aren't okay we need to be happy and positive and, and friendly and agreeable in order to be in connection with other people of course we carry that through and we do that with each other mm. um yeah I think that's really yeah that's yeah, it's definitely been a strong, uh, I guess it's a strong story in my life. My mum's very like that. She's very mm. like, I'm having a therapy section now. <laughs> 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 my mum's very like that. She's very much, you know, she can't, she's just, because she's got so much stuff, bless her, that she hasn't dealt with. She can't, hang, she literally can't handle any scenario if you're not okay yeah it's almost like she doesn't want to know she'd rather not know than kind of like so it is that and I guess that for me is though you know that scenario that day would be a a projection or reflection of you know probably those things that I guess I've still got going on in me that story Mm. of like as in you know like that reflection of when I was a child and not having those you know not having that space to have those feelings allowed to process yeah 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 it makes sense a bit I think that's the thing we can't do that for other people until we can do that for ourselves but it's challenging because then to be able to do it for ourselves we have to learn it from somewhere and <laughs> it's <laughs> it's that well if no one around us is doing it how do we learn it but how do yeah it's yeah but more and more people are doing it or trying to do it and that's yeah that has a ripple effect and I've seen that even you know in my life and in my relationships and things and I think you know when we when we invest and take the time to look inwards and to heal the bits of us that we can we we automatically start healing the people around us as well it doesn't it doesn't stop with us mm. yeah and I think it's about sharing as well like authentically on again like social media platforms mm-hmm. where it's like people present you know, like there's that really good quote, I can't remember what it's, you know, like sharing your, um, don't compare your, what is it? Can you remember it? It was like really like popular at one point on Facebook, you know, don't compare your whatever with someone else's. Their highlight reel. Yes. Don't That's it, yeah. Normal life with their highlights or something yeah. like that. That's what we do, isn't it? And it's mm. they're presenting, you know, all the positive, happy aspects. And it's like, you know, you know it would be lovely when I think and it's happening loads and loads more now where people are kind of sharing the days especially you know like in celebrities and stuff where it's like they share the, the 
crappy day as well as the good day. Mm. Then it's just, it's allowing that space for everyone else to do that and feel okay to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have my list of questions. Uh, oh, this is a nice one. So what limits were put upon you that you broke through? Ooh. Hmm. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> more and more, I think. Um, yeah, and a lot of them self-imposed, I think. That's the thing. And I think, um, yeah, recently, the big one for me, and I was, I was thinking I'd talk about this a little bit with you here. I've put a big limit on myself I think about sharing who I am with the world and um I know you know a little bit of this because I've shared a bit on social media recently but you know when I was a young you know 10 11 12 13 I became so immersed and interested in meditation and crystals and uh, paganism and wicca and all this stuff and found like I was so intrigued by it all and felt such a it resonated with me so deeply this connection with nature all of this stuff and then I realized as I started to grow up a little bit that it wasn't cool that it wasn't accepted by people around me it was seen as a bit sort of odd or just, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't accepted and so that part of me I think got kind of written off as like a funny little phase that I went through and as I've come out of some of that darkness of my like teen years I've been slowly going back to that and actually realizing do you know what that wasn't a phase that was who I was before the other stuff came in and now it's uncovering it all and going back to it and I think I put this limit on myself that I couldn't um that I had to present myself in a certain way and that I had to tick certain boxes and that I had to make other people comfortable with who I was and that I had to fit with whatever group I was in at the time and yeah realizing that actually that was limiting myself and that if I could figure out who I was and and start to be honest about that and start to express that, stop censoring myself so much. My fear was that people would think I was strange, that people wouldn't like me, that people would judge me, would laugh at me. And actually my experience of starting to be more and show more of who I am is the complete opposite of that. And that's been I feel emotional when I talk about this <laughs> that's been like really massive for me and like you know since I've started dipping my toe in the water of, of showing who I am I've made connections like I don't think I would have met and have like this connection with you for example mm -hmm. if this if I'd have met you years ago because I'd be too sort of nervous and hiding those parts of me and you wouldn't see who I was so how could you connect with me if you didn't if I didn't show me yeah and yeah since I've um started that process of being more authentically me I've seen that more 
incredible people who I'm so aligned with are coming into my life and it's like well that's because they can see me and so I can see them because they couldn't have seen me before because I wasn't showing me Mm. oh such a beautiful share thank you and I just Mm. think that is so important and I can completely resonate with what you're saying and for me I think it's lovely when when people share that because for me it's like almost like and it's hilarious because I know the reflection like as in with me my best friend will often say to each other the same thing because I think she's so beautiful and and it's the same with you to me I'm like but how could you not love yourself because you're such a beautiful being like as in I always feel like you know like say to people Sophie's so lovely like wait until you meet (laughs) you shine and you do shine and when you meet you in person you just have such a lovely energy so it's almost that thing of like oh how could you feel like that about yourself but then I completely resonate at the same time because I'm like I definitely have a lot of fear which I've realized this week in sharing like as in more about the new time philosophies and I feel really passionate about that and kind of um you know like sharing how the earth could be and look and how we can live our lives in our truth and but I just, I still, I share quite a lot and I've come a long way in spiritual sharing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like now I'm, I'm inching forward with like what's allowed to be shared. But there's still like this, this barrier of like sharing that kind of even more of my belief system and the new time philosophies. Because mm-hmm. of me and, you know, like people won't receive it and my family will think I'm barking mad. <laughs> just to be confused <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I hear that I really hear that and I think yeah that's the it is it's being brave it's being vulnerable to be like this is who I am this is what I believe this is how I want to show up and knowing that actually in doing that you're going to be alienating some people to some degree that's mm. really hard especially when it's people that you love and care about and yeah that yeah I I really hear that but I also really believe now and have experienced and seen that when you let yourself do that okay some people might think you're barking mad or whatever but 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 they're probably not not they're not your people but in some ways they're not your people that they just don't need that message that's not for them something else is for them Hmm. and like that's okay that there's you know there's always going to be things that we resonate with and things that we don't and that's fine and yeah I feel like it's our our job you know people talk about your calling this is what I was saying that I wanted to share a bit today is that we all have something like that in us that's unfolding and if we listen to that and follow that the people who need that message and need that gift need that experience they'll see it and they'll come and the people who don't, there'll be someone else or something else for them. And yeah, I feel like that's that's really important that we are able to express ourselves authentically and know that, yeah, okay, it might not be for everybody, but that that's okay. We don't have to be liked and accepted and, you know, we don't always have to be agreed with. That's fine. But yeah. Yeah, no, I completely, and even like as in yesterday, it was coming through to me like as in, so like say if you're like a yoga teacher or a coach, you know, like as in like my world or whatever, it's that thing of, if you're presenting something that you're not fully, mm. you will get the client that comes to you for that. Yeah. So it's almost like 
you're not kind of so you'll get and it's almost like you then have this almost struggle because it's mm. like you want to take them here but they're here because you yeah. presented as that whereas mm. like if you're presenting in your full truth of like like you're saying it might you might alienate that person because mm. you know they're not there or not but you know wherever it is I'm not really articulating <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean is in the yeah. sense of so, and then you will attract people that say, to say, for new time philosophies, for instance, it's like mm -hmm. I present as, you know, like well-being and mindfulness and on that level. And it's mm -hmm. like I can work with someone on that level. But then for me, it's like I can see their, I what you call your calling, I call your heart seed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can really see people's heart seeds and what they're meant to bring to the earth, but on like a higher vibrational level. So it's kind mm -hmm. of almost like their 5D or whatever mm. you want to call it. See, I'm getting a bit about even saying that now. <laughs> Their <laughs> 5G thing and what they want to bring to earth. But it's mm. like, but then if you're attracting from that kind of like front, mm. you're bringing that client in and they don't want to, they don't want to know their, they might not want, they not might want not want to know their heart seed or be in that place for that. And then it's almost like you're in a battle with your client because they're yeah. not quite client for you. Yeah. It's like, you know, whereas, and so for me, that feeling or thought of working with that client that's actually ready for that journey is so beautiful. Yeah. Like, oh my God, how amazing would that feel? And the gift then that you can really give that person because mm. they're really wanting that journey and they want to know their heart seed and they want to live on that life. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. It makes complete yeah. sense. And, but I think it's just that I think a lot of us as women as well have those wounds around, um, you know, like priestess lineages and nuns and kind of, you know, being burned at the stake as witches mm. in past lives. There's all as well that energy going on of past lives where we've been, yeah, like, you know, the, self, the, the service that we've given to people. So it's a lot of the time about what can we give you know, like how can we serve everybody yeah. rather than thinking about what our true gift is. Yeah. There's a lot of energy stuff there as well going on that we need to like burn through. Definitely. And I think this is the thing because if we all commit to this, like if we all commit to... Yeah, let's do it, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works because <laughs> we all want to heal everybody, <laughs> but we can't do that as a single person but if we all commit to doing our what you call that heart seed bit if everyone did that imagine what would be created because you know you could work with those people who are willing to do that work that is channeled through you I could work with those people who are willing to do the kind of work that I love and that that lights me up and that is channeled through me somebody else could do the kind of work that resonates with those people and like if everyone did what lights them up yeah. we're sorted there you go. <laughs> we, <laughs> the world is healed no but it's so true though and it's so simple and that is kind of the new time philosophies is, is that everybody if everybody's living in their heart everything would flow and it'd be like you'd connect with the right people you would you know it's kind of it is that it is that it's like you'd be sharing you know, because there is um, uh, spiritual ideas around eventually, you know, money becoming less mm. important, if you like. Mm. And then it is more about your wisdom and what you can share. And that becomes more of an exchange. But mm. in order to live in that way, it is, you, 
like you say, it's up to, we are the change makers and it's kind mm. of like that thing of having that courage to live in our hearts because like mm. you say, and then you can, you know, like if people see you doing that and they're like, yeah. well, what is she doing that, yeah. you know, she seems, you know, aligned and happy and da, 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 da. Mm. And then, you know, it's more about the showing rather than the, the pushing. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that's true. But it's really powerful as well, because I think, you know, for people around me who've always seen me showing up in a certain way, and you know, some of this stuff, I made a joke before about, you know, I think a lot of people who are close to me know that I have this kind of hippie side or whatever, or whatever. But now that I am being more like, hey, this is actually really important to me. This is what I believe. And this is the way that I talk when I talk freely and openly. People are like, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. And I think it's helping people to be like oh okay so if Sophie can do that and Sophie can share something new and something a bit different or a bit weird or a di- whatever maybe I can maybe this thing inside of me that I feel a bit shy or nervous about maybe I can share that with people and that would be okay um, and yeah if we we show up and we do that we're automatically empowering other people to do the same thing it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to look the same it doesn't have to be spiritual but, you know, this is what I shared the other day when I was sort of, like I said, coming out of the spiritual closet. I was like, <laughs> if people, you don't have, it doesn't have to look like this. You know, maybe for you, you know, you you love painting or you love a certain sport or you're really passionate about whatever on earth it is. Mm. Like, follow that. Be open about that. Shout from the rooftops about that because you'll find your people and you'll find, you know, you'll create a life that feels a lot happier a lot better a lot you know and you'll help other people along the way and that's beautiful and, yeah. yeah exactly and it's like like you're saying like with like again my mum it's kind of like through I remember at the beginning of my journey into spiritualness or whatever you want to call it um she really didn't like it but I think it was as well because well at the beginning I think I had quite a lot of spiritual ego as well I was like you know you should <laughs> I don't think that went down too well <laughs> like she's like Olivia you're so you know whatever it was but then I think through when life situations then arose and she could see that I was dealing with them better you know like as in I you know like I just changed as a person and I was happier and and I think then then when she was going through stuff it was kind of like she then would come to me for help or not necessarily help but just a little bit of guidance and and now she's even got like her own like little deck of angel cards that she uses every morning. And, you know, like as in, so whereas before she was very much like, um, yeah, very kind of fighting against the change. But then like now it's kind of like, I get, like you say, like just seeing within my world how it may change my world for the better meant that then she became like more open to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just being able to show up in a different way and, and just be able to show people that it doesn't have to look a certain way as well. That, you know, that this is what's been really powerful for, for me and seeing other people living their truth in this way. That, you know, being aligned and speaking about spirituality and purpose and speaking all these, you can do that and still hold down a, you know, a job and and <laughs> not, you know, wear tie-dye pants and and live on the land and you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be the stereotype that people sometimes see it as that these things can be integrated into a life that feels right for you 
Um, and I think people can sometimes be turned off by things because all we see is that stereotype. And I think that's part of the reason sometimes where we don't want to share the bits of us that fit that because we're worried that we will be stereotyped. But yeah, it's just, yeah, showing yeah, up it's, it's that whole wishy-washy, mm, you know, yeah. that technology. And it's like, I definitely went through that journey of, because when I when it was I went to Dartington College of Arts, which is quite mm. an actual alternative university. Mm. So I had that thing of like when I was at home, I was the hippie, and when I was there, I was the townie. So yeah. I never fitted in because I wasn't yeah. either, and I didn't have the spiritual unit. I tried it for a little while, but it just it made me feel really downy. And I'm not saying that someone else it might feel amazing, and that's yeah. great. But for me, it just it's like a pair of tight fitting jeans and I love it where it was like wearing the whole I just I didn't feel me and then mm. that makes you feel sad because you're yeah. not feeling you even though and then I felt like well I'm obviously not as spiritual or I'm obviously mm -hmm. not as connected because I can't wear these trousers <laughs> <laughs> which isn't the truth no. I'm so connected but I just yeah. I didn't feel comfortable in the uniform so yeah it's just hilarious um so yeah so I feel really passionately there about what you're saying about there's no right or wrong it's just yeah. like the truth of who you are and we're all unique and we're all different and yeah. and I think there's a stigma as well around that with talking about masculine and feminine mm -hmm. you know it's not necessarily because I've had some women come to me and say like as in that they've been to you know like feminine events where it was almost like it comes in the other way of like um yeah, they'd been on feminine stuff where they weren't embraced because they weren't almost, they weren't voluptuous and womanly. Mm -hmm. And that's something else that's been in my journey because I'm quite physically strong in mm -hmm. the yoga practice and the dancer in me. I've always felt quite masculine. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like as well being accepted within those women's circles when yeah. you're not looking like the wild woman goddess. Mm. You know, it's, again, it's that whole stereotype of fitting yeah. that archetype, and it's yeah. like, and I think that's why you know everyone holds within them feminine and masculine energies. The new world woman isn't about being your uber feminine self. It's just mm. about being the truth of who you are as a woman. Yeah. And I think having feminine and masculine within mm. you. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, like I was watching Pink yesterday and I was like, she's a great person for that because she doesn't apologise for not being like uber feminine, but you can tell that she is really embodied and in goddess. Mm. But at the same time, she's not pretending to be this like, I don't know, yeah. like, dainty woman if you like yeah. and I just love that and I think that's important as well like as in like it's just that the truth of who you are and that's what's most important yeah right. a bit of a rant there <laughs> yeah, no, okay. just want to like clap through everything that you're saying yeah. <laughs> you probably like oh, we've been going for an hour and 15 and minutes <laughs> I could yeah this could I know long time <laughs> people get nervous about coming on they're like oh what will, will we have anything to say <laughs> what end up having to be like right we need to yeah <laughs> let's wrap this you up you do once you get chatting about stuff that you feel passionate about oh, that's it. So, there's so many topics and stuff I think for women and you know like as in journey and that, uh, that we don't get to share all the time and it's so important to share Okay, I've got one last question actually before okay. we end, and I'll just wait and see if anybody comments. Um, 
what can you advise for any parents out there that are struggling with children at the minute and if they feel like their child's going through something but they don't know how to you know um ask or they don't know how to connect with their with that child yeah um that's a really big question i think um yeah for young children spend time playing get that get in creative play because kids will be processing it through their play right now and the same of the day about you probably you might well see lots of um play about you know fighting death hospitals um superheroes all of that kind of stuff through their play and to kind of just to go with it to follow them to not be scared about what's coming out even though it might seem a bit scary sometimes again we kind of sense the kids play sometimes because we're a bit worried about certain themes that come up and just to try if you can to just be with it and go with what they're going with because they're processing it um and yeah to follow them in that play and to get on the floor if you can and play it out with them is really powerful in itself um to open up those conversations if you can read my story with them see what comes up um and and reassure them that it's okay to be scared it's okay to be worried it's okay to be sad and to miss their friends and their family and just to really normalize it all um and and validate it and to sit with it and to be like yeah I know and and to to be real about your own emotions obviously we want to protect our children to some degree and you know we don't want to turn them into our, our support system in that way but again a lot of parents want to hide their feelings from their children because they don't want to worry them or upset them but actually kids growing up seeing their parents saying I'm really sad too or you know if your kid catches you crying and is like mommy why are you crying so many parents go oh I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm fine everything's fine but just to say I'm crying I'm really upset because I really miss grandma today and that's all it needs to be but just to to share that you know what adults are human and have feelings too it's okay we can get through it um yeah there's so much there um yeah yeah no thank you and what about if the child's a little bit older so with their like what is have you got any advice for like people with like teenagers or teenagers it's always I mean having teenagers regardless is going to be a really tricky time having teenagers in lockdown is going to be even trickier you know teenager teenagerhood <laughs> adolescence there we go <laughs> is all about you know, them finding themselves within their peer group, not within their family group. And right now they're being forced to stay home with their family. So that's going to be really challenging. And that pushback from not wanting to, to wanting to break free from that family group may well be felt even stronger right now because they're being forced into it. So to know that that isn't about you, that's a natural part of being a teenager and, and giving them the freedom when you can to let that happen and to say, right, you know, I'm here, I love you you want to talk I'm here but you know they're going to be on their devices a lot they're going to be connecting with their friends and that's a good thing um and also there's a lot of pressure right now around schooling and academics and I've been advising parents wherever I can just to take that pressure off you know they'll catch up it will be fine this isn't homeschooling this is trying to survive during a pandemic no one expected this no one was prepared for this no one can be prepared for this you know do what you can to promote mental health and well-being and focus on on that you know um where you can if they're not engaged in their schoolwork right now 
try and give them a little bit of grace and and understand that yeah it's it's really hard for everybody they'll catch up um yeah focus on on looking after each other <laughs> as much as you can looking after yourselves looking after each other and yeah the rest will unfold as it needs to I think and yeah. reach out for help if you need it lots of people are doing online therapies and stuff there's lots of resources online for support so yeah reach out and yeah so are you looking um so for yourself are you looking for any more clients at the moment have you got any capacity if anybody wanted to reach out for you specifically is there availability so I work for an agency so I work privately so I don't work privately myself I work through an agency so I'm going to be starting my online sessions soon um so yeah I, I'm not doing sessions like for individuals as such but if anyone wants to reach out for any advice or just for listening in then I definitely can and can point you in the right direction maybe of services that can support or of different resources and stuff but yeah oh lovely thank you so much for coming on <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> oh I've got comments so there might be oh <laughs> Okay. and where so we'll comment on um below where they can access your stories yes um, yeah I'll put that on. Yeah. yeah so you can use all of Sophie's stories to help as well can't you with um relating to family yeah 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 so yeah so thank you so much for talking to me today it's been an absolute pleasure and a therapy for me <laughs> <laughs> and me um, and yeah, have you got anything else that you would like to share before we go, or do you feel like you've shared everything that you need to share? I feel like um, yeah, that was really lovely, really special for me too. Thank you for giving me a little space to have my own little therapy session. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So bye everybody, and thank you so much. And like Sophie said, if you've got any questions for Sophie, or you just want to reach out because you're concerned about anything, then um, you can. Uh, how can they reach you if they wanted to? So shall I just put on your website and they can yeah. reach you there, or do you want people yeah. to be a friend? Or yeah, well I'm in the group, so I, I can I'll come on and there as myself and also as my Sophie Stories page, and then people can contact me however they want to if they want to. Okay, lovely. All right then. I'll okay. just end the live and then. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation. As you can tell, Sophie and I really enjoyed chatting to each other at the time in lockdown. Obviously, Sophie has evolved since we had the conversation and she now runs her own private practice where you can book appointments for in-person or online. So if you would like to connect with Sophie, then you can go to her website. Thank you so much again for listening. Lots of love and we'll see you for the next episode.